and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. everybody. Welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. I have an amazing guest with me here today. Her name is Angie. Thank you so much for coming on, Angie. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And I want to kind of give you the floor for a few minutes to just explain to our listeners what you do. I am a uh, business strategist and confidence coach for creative entrepreneurs. I know that that's kind of a mouthful, but I wind up helping people with kind of a, a crisis and clarity or there's a challenging client situation that I don't know how to extricate myself from. I really, really love helping people kind of get a handle on their business and feel more confident in their choices and their decisions to move forward. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I need that. (laughs) I'm like, can we talk after? That's like exactly, you know, like the confidence. And I think it's also like the climate in today, like post pandemic, I was just on with another guest and we were talking about this as well. It's like some, it might be my age group or just like I was saying, like the world as a whole, it's hard to keep that confidence high all the time in the ebbs and flows, you know? It really is. And especially since there are a lot of groups out there that make it kind of noisy and difficult to listen to and feel confident in your own intuition, you know? Like sometimes you feel like things are escalating quickly and then you find out that it's not quite as big a situation as you thought or vice versa. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well said, you know? And it's like client communication, you know, sometimes, especially as like my perfectionist side comes out, it's like I don't want to disappoint, you know? And then I end up beating myself Mm -hmm. up over and over again. It spirals quickly. Oh yeah. (laughs) Absolutely awesome. So I wanted to kind of just jump into our first question, which Angie is so great. And when we were having our first call, she also has her own podcast, which we'll share with you guys throughout as well. I'm really excited to hear more about her show as we're kind of going through this. And her story is just so miraculous. And you've overcome so many, you know, obstacles. And I just cannot wait to hear more. So I wanted to start off with asking you, like, how do you stay motivated in your business, even when it's, you know, not such a great day in your personal life? I have a couple different strategies for dealing with that. And it's come out of some really rough periods in my life. First is what I like to call maintenance mode. And it's just identifying the bare minimum I need to do to keep the wheels rolling on this thing. Love it. And sometimes depending on the situation and how fast I think I'll come in and out of it, I may or may not tell the client that that's what I'm doing. But typically there's some wiggle room with whatever projects I'm working on that, you know, I could create and set up some documents and not really have to do anything or talk to anybody. I can read some background material or watch some videos that's low energy, low effort to keep this thing moving forward so that I'm not just entirely tuning out. In situations where I'm going through like you know, a death in the family or last year for me, it was a breakup. I actually did tell my clients, so this is what's going on. 
And honestly, I'm, I'm going to do what I can, but I don't know what I'm going to be able to do right now. I'm, I'm just trying to hold it together. And all of my clients were super, super understanding with me. It's amazing. You know, that's the power of being upfront and of developing good relationships with your clients, because then you don't have to worry if you tell them something's going on with you personally, they're usually a lot more forgiving than if you just suddenly drop off the map and they're wondering, okay, this person who's normally super reliable, what happens? Yes. Oh my God. Right. Absolutely. That's great. You know, I think I love how you mentioned the relationship with your clients going into some of these tragic events. You know, like I definitely went through some moments even in the middle of the pandemic as well, just dealing with some really heavy personal things. You know, a lot came out of that craziness of a whirlwind and it made me step back and really look at my clients as well. Am I working with the right people? You know, Mm -hmm. are they receptive to maybe if I'm having an off day and I'm sharing it with them? How are they reacting? As you mentioned, I think that's such a good point. And we talk a lot about our ideal clients on this podcast too. And how to really identify those great clients because they're always out there, you know, even if it feels like they're not, especially when you're first Mm -hmm. starting. Oh, they are definitely out there. Like I literally work with people who they just laugh at me if I write to them or I call them and say, hey, I'm playing hooky tomorrow (laughs) because I got surprise tickets to Disney World. So I'm going to go. I love it. I'll send you pictures, you know, (laughs) and and they know what they see is what they get. And I, and Me even saying that, like, I'm going to play hooky tomorrow. I would never do that if I had, like, a pressing deadline, just blow them off to go to Disney World. Of of course, I'm looking at the schedule and whatnot. But just the fact that I'll what's going on, I think, is just a a subtle enforcement that they can trust me. I have an eye on things. I'm not going to let any balls drop. And also, I'm a hell of a lot of fun to work with. (laughs) Yes, exactly, right? Like, your personality. And that kind of leads me into, like, our next question. You know, how did you get into this line of work and... How did it really come about? Because I love this part of your story, which we touched upon quickly, you know, the first time we chatted. So I got laid off and I fell into this accident. (laughs) 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 You know, I'm I'm in the depths of self-pity getting laid off. You know, for a couple years, I had been working toward getting into TV development, which are the people Mm. that find the ideas and they bring them to different networks and develop them into brand stories. I was super excited. I had worked with all the majors at that point, CBS Films, NBC, Warner Brothers, TNT, like everybody. That's amazing. And I was at the Oprah Winfrey Network right before she launched her new network about 11 years ago at this point. Wow. And I, right before the holidays, right before the launch, I and a bunch of other people on our team got laid off. Because, you know, at that point, they were still working through the capital. They weren't making their money back. The network hadn't launched all, you know, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, that still doesn't make me feel good because having an apartment in L.A., even with a roommate, is pretty expensive, especially when you don't have any money coming in. So in the depths of my panic, which I still don't understand to this day, my brain went back to this random conversation that I had in a screenwriting class a couple years prior. And it was with a journalist who interviewed a guy who had a book. Right. And then she told me the title of the book, which is called The Well-Fed Writer. Mm. And to bring it back to, you know, my moment of despair and panic, for some reason, I'm panicking. How am I going to pay the rent? I need to go spend $20 I don't have on this book wow. because it feels like that book has the answers. And, and this is before Amazon was super big. You couldn't just download these books. So I had to go to Barnes and Noble and spend 20 bucks on a book to get this. Uh, but I read it in an afternoon and it was the first thing that really just 
made copywriting and marketing click for me. Mm. The way he laid it out made me just, oh yeah, somebody has to write that three page brochure I see in, in a stand at a given business. Somebody has to write the commercial script for that radio commercial that I heard on the air. Why can't it be me? Right. And then just proceeded to stumble. Like I'm self-taught as a copywriter until I got probably three or four years in and got some mentorship. But I basically just decided one day, I think I could do this and proceeded to go. <laughs> I love it. You know, that's what I believe too. Like, you know, my story is very similar. I had this like really weird experience that just kind of fell into my lap, you know, through a giveaway and I'm growing their following exponentially. It was like by 400,000 followers at the time. And wow. I was like, how the hell did this happen? You know, like, I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like now I've got to do something with this. If I don't take this opportunity, like what if it doesn't come again? You know, very similar to you, like even with the book, it's like sometimes things just fall into your lap and there's these signs where you can't ignore them. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about, you know, I was reading this business book recently, but he, he mentions this concept of informed intuition that really just resonated with me because I feel like that's how I've operated for most of my career. And when I've learned to follow my gut like that, that informed intuition, I'm usually right on target. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's like exactly what I believe. Like I was even just talking about with our last guest as well. Like we talk a lot about intuition on this podcast and how to follow that and what it feels like. Because sometimes when you're not super comfortable in the beginning, it can feel uncomfortable. You know, you're like, is this my thoughts? Is it my brain? Is it my gut? Is there, mm -hmm. am I feeling this? And I remember the first time it happened to me too was very similar. I was like driving into work and I just hate hated my nine to five like um, mm -hmm. I'm like right out of college this is what everybody tells you you know how to be successful I just hated every moment of it and that was literally my intuition I was like I've, I I'm, I can't hate every day for the rest of my life oh and I felt that in my old day job too in terms of following your intuition and those feelings you know I heard somebody explain it in a way that also really makes sense to me which is mm -hmm. the line between fear and excitement is the breath wow love that right doesn't that just help you kind of wrap your head around like fear and excitement are so closely married kind of are, are you breathing normally or are you kind of hyperventilating yeah <laughs> okay one of those is excitement and one of those is fear and can you use the breath to bring it from fear back into excitement oh. I think so I really think you can I love that. I feel like that mm -hmm. will resonate with our listeners like so well because it's really hard to identify, you know, when you're quitting your job and like as we get into these questions, you know, it'll start to come out more about when you were leaving your job and pushed almost to that level. And then all of a sudden you go through this traumatic experience and it's like, I'm am really scared, you know, like, mm -hmm. but I also am excited because it's opening up these opportunities, you know, and like kind of getting more into it. Like, when did you know it was time to take that leap of faith and really go for yourself? You know, as you mentioned with the book, it just kind of happened. But was there that one tipping moment that you kind of remember so I found that book and I decided I would be able to figure out this copywriting thing and to fast forward several years I managed to leverage that into a writing role in-house get get that mentorship that we so so my whole goal in going in-house was to get really good at this craft mm. and along the way I, I realized that there's a different 
skill set and also getting good at the business. So I spent several years in-house just working my way up the corporate ladder, getting really good at copywriting, marketing, advertising. And I got to a point where as a full-time senior staff copywriter in San Francisco, right? Super competitive roles here, very nice, nice perks. And I loved working with my creative team. And I hated going to work. Isn't that such a weird dichotomy? Like, I love my team. I hate this work. Yes. Wow. That's wild. It came down to, it was a toxic work environment because the creative team was one of the last teams to be added to this very corporate, very Silicon Valley culture, right? Mm -hmm. So we're there with our fancy Macs, talking high level concepts and ideas. And some of the people there just did not get it. And this isn't me trying to play the victim. It was literally just a clash. It was a battle. I was told in some meetings that if I proposed, so so California at the time was going through a four-year drought, I want to say. And I said, hey, maybe we should take the grass seed off the front cover because grass typically requires a lot of water. (laughs) Maybe we could replace that with like rocks or something else that's a little bit more water friendly and just show people that we're paying attention to what's going on around us. And one of the merchants got mad at me and accused me of trying to kill his business. And I was like, would that I had the power of mother nature. Wow. I'm not the one that is taking (laughs) shots at your business. I'm trying to help you put something else out there that's relevant to our customers right now and and could actually position us as thought leaders in this. But so it was this toxic environment. It caused me a lot of stress. And what I started noticing over time was it was harder and harder to wake up. Even if I slept for like 10 or 12 hours, I'm bringing work home on nights and weekends. There was a Mm. point in time where I was in the office at midnight working on a catalog, went home, shower, change, eat, take a quick nap back in the office at five o'clock in the morning to keep working on that catalog. It was rough. Yeah. I could tell like upset stomach, Mm. skin breaking out. I gained like 60 pounds in stress eating weight. Yeah. And then my signal that I know is that like I get this stitch behind my right shoulder blade and my shoulders would just creep up around my ears the more stressed out I get. So eventually all culminated in, I, I love this work, I love this team, I hate going into this office and doing this job with these people. Yeah. Okay, how do I make this work? And started talking to people that I know that are freelancers who basically told me, you don't have anything that we don't. So get out here and figure it out. You, you definitely it. don't need to be at that job anymore. And eventually I did leave. That's amazing. That's so great. (laughs) And it's also great that you had people in your corner that are like, you know, boosting your confidence and saying to Mm -hmm. you like, hell yeah, you can do this. Like we're doing it too, you know, like let's do it together. And I think that's critical, especially since there are a lot of us that have people around us, people that are close, that we love, that we have relationships with that are non-believers, right? Because they're employees and they don't see that as a reality. And that's how I kind of think of this, like opening your mind to a different reality, one that you haven't yet experienced, because it took me meeting someone who was a freelancer who basically told her clients, well, I'm going to be in Spain next month. I really hope that that means that we can continue to work together because I enjoy working with you, but that's where I'm going to be. And if that doesn't work for you, fine. We're looking at her and going, you can do that. (laughs) You can just walk into your client's office and be like, well, I'm going to be in Spain next month. And she was like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't really need this work. And seeing the fact that she could command attention like that, that she could tell people how how things were going to be without being, you know, 
weirdly aggro about it. And these relationships just worked out. It was the first glimpse that I had of an alternate reality from this stuck in a cube life that I had built for myself. Right. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And it's awesome to see like women taking that step, you know, and like what a confidence booster that is just as like another woman. Like I had a similar experience. My coach was, she's a year older than me and she was starting her business out of her dorm room, you know, and I remember first talking to her, I was like, she's doing it, you know, like that's really what I needed at that time, which is to see other women putting themselves out there, my age, you know, they understood where I was coming from. And it really, it shifts. You're like, they're doing it. So can I, you know, like, why not? If you see it happening in reality around you, you see someone else's reality. One, you, it shows you that it's possible. Two, it shows you that all you have to do is figure out the steps between where you are and they are. Yeah. And and you can get there. And three, it kind of drowns out the voices of the naysayers who may very well be well-meaning, but are trying to tell you that your dreams are stupid. Yeah. I had, at the time that I left this corporate job to add insult to injury, I had a rather, um, will not be mean to him, but let's just say unsupportive partner. It was a little <laughs> bit deeper than that Uh, uh going so far as telling me that my idea to be a freelancer was dumb and I would right. never make it work. Like oh my he was about as unsupportive as you can possibly get. And at some point having this support group around me, being surrounded by freelancers that were making it work, realizing that I love this work and there's something here, I can figure out the business side of it. Like I figured out the creative side of it. I was able to drown him out and realize I love my work. I love my friends. I love my music because I was in a band at the time. Love everything about my life except coming home to this guy. He's got to go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. Let's kind of get into that, you know, like since we're kind of on this topic. Yeah. I'd love to ask you more, you know – I'm very fortunate that my significant other is so supportive. Like there's been financial issues with COVID where I'm like coming to him and I'm like, all I can do is keep Meraki afloat. And he's like, let's make it work, you know? And I was mm -hmm. so thankful in that moment, but I've also been on the flip side where I've met people that look at me like I have eight heads, you know, they're like, how the hell are you going to do this kind of energy? And it's so off-putting. Can you tell me more about like what that experience was like and, you know, more about that side of the story? Oh, yeah. Well, part of the relationship too, you know, I, I've grown a lot in terms of what I will and will not accept in a romantic partner. But at that time, I was in a space where I was feeling less confident. And I would say, you know, he went, and I were together for almost five years too, wow. that I had attracted someone that just he didn't help me build up my confidence. He, he actively works to tear it down. So I'm super grateful that I had the friends at the time that helped me see what the reality was because it was distorted when I was with him. Yeah. But it was more accurate to what was actually happening when I was with my friends. And that kind of helped me realize it. I did have a supportive partner last year, which we'll get into the, how that relationship broke up. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be the breakup career story today. <laughs> it's great. It was just clear communication with him. You know, I have what I like to call the saved up so whenever there are shortfalls or lean months which happens in freelancing and in business sometimes yeah it never was a financial issue between the two of us because we had the clear communication and i had my backup plan yeah 
and then you're like not as much scrambling or dependent as well you know like that's been something that I've striven for and I'm very fortunate like I have a similar situation where if the money wasn't coming in from one side we can figure it out you know and I think that's important for all of our listeners to understand like having that build up or at least having multiple streams of income and knowing how to juggle some of that money is so important as an entrepreneur because things can change at a drop of a hat which you know very well and with you know the situation with your first boyfriend that was pretty sudden you know when you all kind of severed ties and you went traveling across the country and I can't wait to get into that story as well can you kind of tell me about that and what that experience was like yeah so I left the abusive guy in San Francisco uh, after I left my corporate job and decided to go to freelance, freelance and I moved to Jacksonville about as far as I could possibly get. <laughs> Other side of the, yes, getting as further as we can, right? Oh my gosh, that's oh, yeah. terrible. More affordable area, but also very far away. Um, and so, and I spent a lot of time at Disney there, but that's neither here nor there. So I built my business over the next few years and wound up meeting another guy. And then we moved to Houston together when he got a job working basically for NASA. And we had been going for, I think, like two and a half years. And we were in the process, like I had met his family, we had taken family pictures, we had been in the process of looking at houses to buy. And suddenly, this time, probably about 14 months ago, as we're recording this, so October of 2020, we'd made it through the pandemic relatively unscathed financially, we were in solid footing. And he just looked at me one day and said, I don't think I love you the way that you love me. And I'm going to move into the new house by myself. So it was like, wow, okay, this is where what I said at the beginning is is super relevant because the first thing that I did after I kind of had my initial breakdown and, and spoke to the family and cried all the things that I needed to cry out was I contacted the clients and said what just happened and I don't know how I'm going to handle it, but just, just know for the next few weeks it's probably going to be pretty rough and here's what I think I can. And both of them were super like, oh my gosh, what do you need? How can Yay. I help? Yay. Just really wanting to support me, which was the weird thing because they're paying me and I'm dropping the ball technically in my grief, but they just want to support me. And I, I freaking love that. So it's amazing. You know, fast forward a couple weeks as I'm thinking and I'm grieving and I'm processing this. I'm having a lot of conversations with him and with my friends and my family. I was like, all right, well, fortunately, I have loving parents that have offered to take me in. I do not want to take that option until I absolutely have to. So let's just take that one off the table. Right. I could take this. I could keep this house, but I don't want to because there's lots of memories and he's 10 minutes down the road. Not going to happen. He closed the door. I'm just going to lock it and make sure that it doesn't open again. Yeah. I could buy a house. I, I have worked really hard and I've got the savings and I could do it, but I don't want to because it feels rushed and not smart. Yeah. And that was right when the real estate boom was starting to take off in the pandemic too. Like, it's it's crazy now but it was just starting to get crazy then yeah and i don't particularly like houston in right. terms of it being my permanent home base it's like and i could rent but it's the same thing it, it just feels like tying myself to a place i don't love so my natural conclusion was all right well i'll pack my things and my cat in my car and just visit places i've always wanted to visit and figure out where home actually is yes <laughs> so that's what I i've been doing it. for the past 14 months just traveling all over the united states spending four to six weeks in different cities exploring, having adventures and running my business all at the same time. 
It's amazing. It's something I've always aspired. Like, I love travel, you know, and I constantly am saying to Sean, I'm like, let's pick up and go somewhere, you know, and he's like, okay, like, he's gone bored. But it's a lot of planning normally. And I give you so much credit just getting in the car and going like, why not? You know, I would say, you know, to that, I would challenge you and say it's not quite as much planning as you might think once you get into it, because I know to circle back to that lady that I said that I remind I, I admired because she was going to Spain. I went up to her one day and said, how do you even like, I don't even know where to start with working remotely going to another country like, yeah, what, how? And she actually said, well, I think I'm, I want to put together a trip to Colombia. Would you be interested in going? And that I think like four months later, I wound up in Colombia with a group of six people splitting a penthouse, walking around, exploring things. And, you know, I thought in my mind before I spoke to her that this is super complicated. I can't possibly figure it out. But in the end, it came down to get my passport, book a plane ticket, pack a bag, show up at the Airbnb, and you're out the rest as I go. And, and so that taught me a lot when I decided to hit the road here too, because it's like, all right, book the Airbnb, figure out how long it's going to take me to drive there. And the rest... I can figure out when I land, you know? Yeah. And the rest is like history, you know, when you're following your dreams. And I think that that's what's like even more exciting as a business owner. It like reignites your creativity. You know, like there's so many great things that come along with travel. Like my mom and I were actually just in New York earlier this week. We went to go see the Rockettes Christmas show. It was like so fun. Oh, nice. You know, and I was like, this is so nice. Like I can work from New York. Like I was like, you know, replying back to a few client emails I prepared because I knew we had this show and it all ended out like working perfectly, you know, exactly like what you said. It's really not that hard, but it's just getting changing that mindset and like understanding that you can actually do whatever the hell you want. You know, we're the only people stopping Mm -hmm. ourselves most of the time. Yeah, we're coming up with all the excuses under the sun and it's not usually as big a deal to other people as we might think. In fact, my clients take a guessing game now if they see me on video. Like, it's just a fun little game. Where in the world is Angie? I love it. Yeah, you're like, who knows? You're like, wait, where am I to this week? You know, (laughs) I have to ask you, this isn't on our questions, but what has been like the favorite city, you know, that you visited? I'm just really curious Mm. if you have one or maybe if you have a few, I'm really curious. Yeah, I have a couple for sure in terms of where I'll ultimately settle but I do plan on traveling for the next couple years after the great road trip of 2021 the front runner is Savannah Georgia oh I've never coming in just after that is Asheville North Carolina which is green and lovely and uh, just amazing kind of have the culture and the history that Savannah did which was Mm. why it's slightly in second place right after that is new orleans i loved everything about new orleans except the hurricanes and the yes flooding. yes absolutely if, if it didn't happen in the flooding new orleans would definitely be my first choice but that's that's kind of where it's going and that's after going to to lake conroe is where i started out then i went to new orleans memphis nashville asheville charleston atlanta savannah Orlando, Pompano Beach, Clearwater, Florida, and now I'm back at home in Houston for the holidays. 
Oh my gosh, that is an amazing, you know, like trek. And I love New Orleans. I've actually been there a few times. I completely agree with you. It's beautiful. The cuisine is awesome. It's a fun city, Mm -hmm. Um, warm, you know, which like I'm all about. Like I'm obviously in Philly, so it's cold as heck up here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm like frozen. But going somewhere warm is always really fun. And like New Orleans is just always a good time. But I'll have to definitely check out Savannah. That's somewhere I've always wanted to visit. You know, it sounds gorgeous. Oh, excellent food there as well. New Orleans, incidentally, is where I started the unintentional tradition of making my friends jealous about the food I was eating. (laughs) See, I was under the impression that uh, posting pictures of your food was irritating. So I did it a couple times. And then I stopped myself like, this this judgment right we get in our heads people don't want to see my food what the hell is wrong with you stop posting this and then when i stopped for a while i actually started getting messages from people that were like hey hey where'd the food go we're living vicariously through you please post your food i love it (laughs) now it's just a thing with me and all my friends and followers that wherever i'm going you're going to get pictures of my food uh by popular demands oh my gosh that's so fun i'm like gonna be following along i am such a foodie i love food (laughs) Oh, awesome. And I've got such a great list from all my foodie friends now of all the good restaurants to try in each place. So hit me up if you want to know where to go. I got the recommendations. Oh, my gosh. I totally will. I absolutely will. That's like (laughs) something I'm all about. I love to just try different cuisines. Like it's something about like immersing yourself in that culture of like each state is so different, you know, like in the U.S., obviously the states are so big. So it's like every state has a different cuisine, you know, that's like so fun. I can like I'm thinking about like the beignets right now from (laughs) fun tip. Don't breathe while you're eating it. Yeah. Just don't. You'll look like you've been snorting coke. It's, <laughs> you will get powdered sugar everywhere. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Literally, my mom has this photo of like her eating her first beignet and she just covered in powdered sugar. That's so true. I love that tip. <laughs> so I guess my question, like our next question would kind of be, what would you recommend for someone that's maybe just starting a business but also trying to travel? Like, is it just kind of jumping in and going for it? Or do you have a few tips that maybe could set them up for success before they kind of take this leap of faith? I would say knowing yourself is really going to play into this. Are you the kind of person who can figure it out on the fly when your back is against the wall? If so, then yeah, just pick a place, pack up your stuff and go for it. And you'll figure out what you need along the way. If you're somebody that needs more of a plan, then I'd say that you you really need a couple of things in place before you hit the road. One is, is knowing where you're going is going to have strong Wi-Fi, right? But also having a backup savings account so that you feel comfortable in case things go sideways or get lean in any given month. Having some sort of routine. Hmm. Yeah, because like one of the best things that I did for myself was I moved all of my call days to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that gives me Monday and Friday to either catch up on work, take some extra meetings if I need to, or just screw right off and go explore town. Yes, I love it. And yeah, so like if you're the kind of person that needs some sort of structure, well, then maybe you look at I work from eight to noon and then I'm free. Or you do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are your call days and Friday to do what you want as as your workload shifts. So I would say that those are really it, it comes down to knowing yourself and trusting yourself. I had a lot of fear when I first got to New Orleans that I wouldn't be able to figure this out, especially since right after I got to New Orleans, you know, I'm two months into my journey here, two months post-breakup, I had to walk away from a $10,000 a month retainer client because it just was not working. And that was one of the scariest things I had to do. Like, 
I'm walking away yeah. from a rather hefty retainer and I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. But you know what? The freedom in walk from a client that it wasn't working. He wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. So it's okay to split in those instances, I think, instead of trying to force it to work. And then also being traveling, having adventure, kind of getting that space to decompress from a heavy decision like that. Oh man, within a week, I had that income replaced and it was just fine. It wasn't the nightmare that I thought it was going to be with like, what happens if I lose all my clients on the road? Yeah. Spoiler alert, it worked. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And I want our listeners to really think about that. You know, like the mindset and the headspace that you're in affects your business very heavily. And I was just having this conversation with my boyfriend. We were in Mexico for a wedding for one of my best friends. She got married and we were just having like some tension, like working from home together all the time. You know, there's just like a lot of crap that comes up with that. And I mm -hmm. was like, when we got back from Mexico, we were like, like so happy you know we're like talking to each other throughout our work day bringing each other coffee like it's like light you know and I was like with travel it really does it releases that pressure it gives you like a perspective you see how other people are living you see you know how great it is to be like running your own business and having the flexibility it's just so many things come with it and I think that's so well said it's fun because as a creative I think that stuff opens you up to like it replenishes the well as mm -hmm. well uh, it gives you something to draw on when you're doing your creative work it helps you be more open and receptive to finding solutions right because creativity really is just mashing together or finding a connection between two things that don't really seem to be connected and I think travel kind of helps it be easier for your brain to find those connections yeah. and and it's really is magical plus the best stories start when everything went wrong right yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been really interesting. Like the best stories start from things going wrong and working out in a way that you didn't expect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so well said. And it's so true about being in business. You know, you're having a panic about losing a client one day and then this amazing client, you know, comes in almost in the next breath and it's like, how, how mm -hmm. could I ever even have time to do that if I was with this other client? Like everything ends up perfectly working out for you when you're following your intuition, how you said earlier as well. And I, you know, for our last question, I just want to ask you more about your podcast because I always say, you know, like mine is a th form of therapy, like I'm like yeah. airing, you know, like some of my dirty laundry, like my crap with my boyfriend makes it less serious, you know, it takes the pressure off. So I would just love to hear more about yours, how you approach yours, like how you think about it. Sure. Well, it's called Permission to Kick Ass. And, you know, I would agree with the fact that it's kind of a form of therapy because I would say my life changed and my business changed when I was part of a small masterminds. And mm -hmm. there was somebody that I really, really admired who was doing five figure deals, working with huge names that everybody on this call would probably recognize. Yeah. Um, and I saw them post in this mastermind like, hey, watch me have a meltdown in real time. And they proceeded to, you know, imposter syndrome, convince themselves that I haven't heard back from the plan in 12 hours clearly I'm the worst person on the face of the earth they're just trying to find a way to let me down easy and something in my brain just clicked in that moment it was like here's somebody who is just spiraling out with anxiety and also building a really business a really big business what if every entrepreneur that I know and I admire is also experiencing this stuff so permission to kick ass really just talks about 
the failures and the surprises and the setbacks and even and the wins yeah. and the things that you didn't set out to learn, but you wound up learning in the hopes that some entrepreneur listening to this somewhere will suddenly have the realization that, oh, wow, I can feel like I'm messing everything up and still building. Yay. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to link Angie's podcast below in the show notes. So make sure you guys go check her out. I am obsessed with this whole <laughs> approach because it is so true. You know, like even earlier today, I'm like having anxiety about certain client systems that I need to work out and you know like just things in business are constantly changing and it can throw you at times and you know it's not always what you see on Instagram it's not always what is portrayed you know <laughs> online it rarely is what you see on Instagram I could tell you that right much. exactly yes and like that's why I started this podcast as well it was like a place where I could just talk about like whatever the hell was coming up and I hope that you know with the end in mind it comes back to like our goals like what we're really aspiring for because that's really what's most important you know what we want out of life um and I think you are just such a great testimony to that so thank you so much for coming on I really enjoyed it Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. Oh, yay. Thank you. And if you want to get in touch with Angie, like I said, all of her information is going to be linked below. She is obviously such an amazing confidence coach. I like already feel confident just speaking with you. Your energy is coming right through the screen. <laughs> it's really exciting. Yeah. So get in touch with her. And then, you know, Thank you guys so much for listening to the End in Mind podcast. We are still running our giveaway. If you guys have a chance to leave us a little Apple podcast review, we will enter you into a pool to win a local mom and pop shop gift card for $25. We want to support your local community. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.